Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. And the demon spoke out of the man and said, I know Paul and I know Jesus, but who are you? Those guys were not a threat. Those guys were doing their thing, their rituals, whatever it was they were selling, whatever it was. They weren't a threat to him, so he didn't know them. But he knew Paul. He knew Jesus. Church, he knows you. The enemy knows you. And I don't say that to scare you because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to light a fire under you today. I hope that the Word of God that He brings today is going to light something in you that says, I don't care if you know who I am. You made the mistake of coming after something that belonged to me. It doesn't matter that the devil knows this church. His mistake is trying to take from us. His mistake is trying to diminish God's work in our homes. That's his mistake. Because for everyone that you get out of our house, we're going to take it out of somebody else's. Amen? All right. We're going to get to the Word here, the Scripture. In seasons of adversity, when fatigue is set in, when the enemy attacks, when we get overwhelmed, which is his classic plan, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So I want to, I want to read about a devastating attack of the enemy in Scripture. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Uh, we're going to read several verses in this passage. And uh, skip around a little bit in this chapter, but we're going to camp out mainly here, okay? I'm going to be reading from the King James Version. It says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag had sm- and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. All right. At this point in David's journey, he is not yet king. He's kind of a mercenary at this point. He's living in a city named Ziklag, a village. And this village is in Philistine territory. But because he is at odds with his own people, he's got to go live with the enemy. That's, that's a tough situation to be in. <laughs> you ever lived with the enemy? You ever, ever had the enemy get in your house? Right? So anyway, he is living in enemy territory, and he is, in this passage, he, is, he has just been turned away from a battle. He went to aid the Philistines to kind of earn some goodwill. They rejected him because, you know, he killed Goliath and all that stuff. And so um, they see him as an adversary as well. While he is gone, the Amalekites from the north swoop down into where his village was, and they raid it, and they burn it. They take everything valuable and everyone valuable, and they burn it out, and they leave. Now, no doubt, if you can imagine David and his men returning from their own journey, they begin to see the smoke over the horizon. You ever drive down the interstate and you see black smoke off to the side and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, something's burning. They begin to see that smoke rise and, of course, as they begin to go or continue to go in the direction that they're going toward their home, they realize where the fire's coming from. And no doubt, their pace quickened. No doubt, they, they kicked the horses a little harder and they pushed on toward home. Verse 2 says, The Amalekites had taken the women captives that were therein, They did not kill any, either small or great, but carried them away and went on their way. Verse 3, So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, 
and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept. I love, this is such a human statement. Until they had no more power to weep. You may not see a more human verse in the entire Bible than that verse right there. They lifted up their voice. They come home, and home is obliterated. Their families are gone. Everything is burned out, and they wept, and they wept, and they wept until they had no more power to weep. I hope and pray that that we don't have very many of those experiences in our lives. Amen? But when you've had them, you know exactly how those men felt. You know exactly what it must have felt like in that moment. The loss, the, the personal loss. It's like, like being robbed at home. There's not much more personal you can do than to come in to someone's home and take from them. How many, how many have we lost to the enemy when he got in our house? Right? How many have we lost? Let's, we can talk about it on a church level, sure. But what about at home? What's he doing to your kids and your grandkids? What's he doing to their friends? Those people that you've known since they were a little bitty. The loss. We see on Facebook the life they're living, and we grieve because of the loss, the waste, the potential that's squandered. In this moment, they weep and they weep and they weep till they have no more power to weep. You know what? This is where most people stop. Even David, in verse 6, it says, and David was greatly distressed. Most people stop at the distress. We see the devastation. We witness the precision of the enemy. And we feel violated and attacked. And we step back and we grieve and we grieve and we grieve. And we say things like, man, that must have been God's will. Listen, church, it's not God's will that your enemy take from you. It's not. If that were the case, he would not have sent Jesus to overcome the world. Right? Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. If the world was meant to overcome us, Jesus would have never said that. But he overcame so that you and I might overcome. But if we stop in distress, we will never overcome. If we stop in distress, we will never pursue the enemy to get back what he took from us. David was greatly distressed, for the people that were with him spoke of stoning him. They said, it's your fault we weren't here. Valid point, isn't it? He's the leader. It's your fault. Bad leadership call, David. Bad leadership. It's your fault we weren't here because their soul was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. Colon. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. David encouraged him. He was distressed, but he did not stay distressed. You with me? Listen, it's natural to grieve. The Bible says there's a time to grieve and to mourn. It's natural to feel violated when you've experienced loss. But don't live there. Don't live there. Don't get in the ashes and try to make a life in the ashes. 
Amen. And that's what most people do. They get in it and they get wallowed in it. They get covered in it. It becomes all they can sense and smell and hear and taste. And it becomes their life. But that's not what we were called to. We're people of purpose. We are here for a reason. God brought us here for a reason. Not to experience loss, but to recover. David was greatly distressed, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. What does that mean? If you've been here very long, you've heard pastors say it. It means that he went back and he, he, he reminded himself. We've got a lot of good records from David, a lot of good psalms from David. Things where David says, soul, why are you cast down? The Lord is your God. Psalms that say, I made my bed in hell and he was still there. We've got all kinds of accounts of David's faith. And in this moment, David's faith kicked in and overpowered his distress. And his faith said, but David, remember when the lion came. But David, remember when the bear came. Remember when you were without and God provided. Remember when someone sought to take you out, but they did not take you out. I'm talking about you now. Remember when your family was a mess, but God sorted it out. Remember when you were sick and he touched you and made you whole. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Don't stay distressed. Don't live in the ashes. Get up. Encourage yourself in the Lord. He reminded himself of the giant. He reminded himself of God's faithfulness. Then in verse 7, David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. The ephod was a, like a prayer shawl. Picture a shawl. okay? And it was, it was white and it had tassels on it and blue stripes. And he, he put it over his head and he went over into the corner of his house. His burned out, destroyed home. And David took the ephod and he inquired at the Lord. David inquired at the Lord. It's not natural to stop in your moment of distress and ask God what to do. That's not what normal people do. What normal people do when they're distressed, they react. Right? Normal people respond in kind. They respond out of emotion. They, they live in the heat of the moment and they react to what's going on. David had some unique wherewithal. He got the prayer shawl, and he probably didn't have a prayer closet anymore. It got burned out. So he probably put that shawl on, and he went over into that corner where that closet was, where it used to be, and he inquired of the Lord. Church, what will help you survive, what will help you recover, what will help you flourish, is if you choose to, re- to inquire of the Lord instead of react. You want to make it long term? You want to recover some of what the enemy's taken from you? Ask God what to do. Inquire of the Lord. Don't just do what people do. Don't do what people ought to do or what they think you ought to do. But do what God says to do. And how are you going to find that out unless you ask? Do you believe that God speaks? Do you believe He still talks to people? Has He spoken to you before? Maybe not in a booming, audible voice, but he spoke to you and you knew it and nobody can tell you otherwise, right? You know he can talk. And how many times do we sit and make God be silent while we wallow in our distress? 
We can sit here and we can just distress about how messed up our city is. Or we can ask God what to do. We can distress about our kids and our grandkids. Or we can go to God and say, God, I don't know what to do. What do I do? What do you have? What could you be doing, Lord? David inquired, inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? Notice, David does not ask for recovery. All he wants is vengeance. Oh, man, anybody ever ask for vengeance? No, we give it a holy name, like justice, right? We call it justice, but really it's vengeance, right? That's what it is. Vengeance is all David prayed for. And you know what? I'm not going to fault the guy for it. Would you fault him for it? I guarantee, I, I'm telling you right now, I've prayed for vengeance. I didn't use that term, but I prayed for it. And by the grace of God, he didn't answer me. Amen? By the grace of God, he overrode what I was feeling and instead did what was better because he's a good father. He's a good God. So David inquires, he says, shall I pursue and shall I overtake them? Then David did something that a lot of people don't do. He waited for God to answer. He waited for God to answer. You know what we tend to do? We pray, and then we get up and we go do whatever else we got to do. And then we hear a song on the radio that maybe, oh, that's, oh, God said it. Here we go. Maybe. Maybe. But maybe not. Anybody ever get into a battle you weren't called to? You ever start picking on something you weren't called to pick on? Amen. Listen, I know I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a little bit of advanced Christianity right now. But here's the thing. We can be like the people around David or we can be like David. We can be like everybody else who's going to get emotional and, and spent and overwhelmed. And we can freak out and do nothing of value. Or we can inquire of the Lord, even in our distress. We can go to him and we can say, God, what do I do? Shall I pursue? Shall I overtake? And then wait. And don't do anything until he answers. You with me? Don't move until he tells you to move. And when you move, only move the way he told you to move, in the direction that he told you to move. Anything else is outside his will. And God answered him. He waited until God answered. And God answered him and said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. David did not ask for recovery, but because he asked at all, God promised recovery. Now I want to show you a definition here. In the, in the original Hebrew, the, the word for pursue and, and this is going to light your fire, I think. The word pursue means to run after with hostile intent. To run after with hostile intent. Okay? How many's played tag before? Play tag? Do kids still play tag? I don't know. Mine don't. They play video games. Tag. I met my wife playing tag out here in the church carport. Yeah, that's true. We got together way too young, and God was good to us, so we've learned. 
But tag, it's a game we've all played. You ever get your sights on somebody when you're playing tag? And you're like, I know I can take that guy down. I know that one's slow. I can get him. Maybe he's not slow, but he's slow to you, right? I'm fast enough. I can take them. Oh, they think, oh, they, think they can run around that and hide from me and get away from me? No, I'm talking about pursuit with intent, hostile intent. I'm not saying we go to God and we say, God, please recover all. I'm saying we go to God and we say, God, do you want me to pursue? And if he says pursue, then we go after the enemy like we're going to get a hold of them and we're going to give them every ounce of what they deserve. Amen? And I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about the devil, the enemy of your soul. He's got your kids and your grandkids. He's got our neighbors and our friends and our coworkers. And what are we going to do? Are we going to sit back and pray a measly prayer? Or are we going to pursue with hostile intent? Are we going to get up and say, as a church, we are going to take our city. We're going to overwhelm the enemy with the overwhelming light of the glory of God. Are we going to so shine before men that they see our good works and glorify our Father? Are we going to shine and try to get some credit for ourselves? It's not about them seeing your glory. It's about them seeing His glory. Amen? Shine church. We got to shine. We got to pursue with hostility. We got to get our sights on what has wrecked our generations and we got to call it what it is and let it know I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you. You want to take from me? All right. You take from me. But no, devil, everything you take from me, I'm coming after. You take my health, I'm coming after it. You take my family, I'm coming after it. Whatever you take, you take my city, we're coming after it. You burn out my house, we're coming after it. Hostility. God said, pursue. Pursue. Church of the living God, pursue. Pursue. Pursue at home. Pursue at work. Pursue at Walmart. I'm not saying you got to be obnoxious. I'm not saying you got to get a bullhorn and tell people they're going to hell. I'm not saying that. Don't do that. It's a bad idea. It doesn't work. I'm saying with every ounce of your energy, with every ounce of Holy Spirit that God has poured into you over your life, get up, decide, I am not going to stay in my distress. I'm not going to make a life here. I'm going to get up and I'm going to pursue and I'm going to overtake and I'm going to recover all. I will see them again in church. They're going to be beside me. I'm going to see them pray. I'm going to see them get baptized. I'm going to see it. I'm pursuing. All right, devil, you took them. That's fine. I'm coming after you. We're coming after you. You got them bound and addicted? All right, we're coming after them. You got them confused about who or what they are? All right, we're coming after them. We're not going to celebrate it. We're going to challenge it. It's not what God meant for any of us. God didn't mean for you to be wounded. He didn't mean for you to be beat down. He didn't mean for you to have these things happen. But if you think he doesn't have an answer, then you're underestimating your God. David, without the Holy Spirit, without prophecy, without tongues, without all these gifts that we enjoy all the time, without all of that, David had enough sense to say in his distress, God, what do you want me to do? And then he waited and he listened. And God spoke. And then Go down to verse 9. Then he went. 
He didn't just pray. He didn't just get the instruction. He acted on it. He did it. He did it. Have you ever gotten a word from God and you didn't do anything with it? I have. I'll tell you straight up, I have. I was afraid to do it. I was afraid to do anything in it. It's out of my character. It's, out of, it's not what I'm comfortable with. But David went, he and 600 that were with him. And they left behind the ones that were too worn out. Let's skip down through the, the rest of it here, down to verse 17. David comes upon a slave that fell behind, and he, he promises the man his freedom if he'll help him. And so they are led to the camp of the enemy. They get there, and verse 17 shows what David did when he got a hold of his enemy. And this is what we got to do. David smote. You know what smote means? It's an old word. We don't say it a lot. To smite, it means to strike hard. Hard. Strike hard. When you come, when you come face to face with your enemy, don't just, don't just do that. What's that going to do? That's not going to do anything. Stop it. Quit it. Cut it out. What? Who's going to react? This is my safe space. Get away. That offends me. Stop. I'm being silly because life is silly. What are we going to do? Are we going to do that or are we going to, we're going to strike hard? David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. Oh, man, that's, that's a lot of work. You ever, you ever played Wii Boxing? That's exhausting. You imagine doing that in real life, fighting somebody? Now, understand, this is a metaphor for our spiritual battle. This is what David literally did. But regardless, when you're fighting your enemy, it takes energy. It takes strength. I'll tell you what, to fight like that, it takes strength that I don't always have. Right? But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's a strength, there's a well of power in you and I, in the Holy Spirit of God, that is deeper and stronger and longer lasting than our enemy. And we can draw from that in seasons of battle. We can draw from that when we are smiting our enemy. When it's about your kids, when it's about people you love, are you going to give up because you're tired? Or are you going to do what it takes? Are we going to do what it takes to win the city? Or are we just going to preach it, put it on a banner, and then hope it happens? Pursue with hostility. Pursue with hostile intent. Smite them from evening to evening. And there escaped not a man of them except 400 young men, which rode upon camels and fled. David fought hard with energy, and he fought long. But verse 18 says, David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. He recovered all. He recovered all. Verse 19 says, and there was nothing lacking to them neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. David didn't recover all by getting emotional, by getting depressed, by getting white. And listen, those are all natural human reactions. And I don't mean, it sounds demeaning, I apologize. I don't mean to demean anyone. It's what normal people do. But we are not normal people. 
we're not called to be people who just react like people do. We've been elevated. Not that we're better than anybody. Oh, my gosh. If you get that we're better than people out of that, you're not listening. We've been elevated because we have a responsibility as a church. We have a responsibility as fathers and mothers, as husbands and wives, as sons and daughters. We have a responsibility to those that we love. That when the enemy comes into our camp and he takes from us, that we're going to push back. You might have hit me hard. You might have caught me off guard. But you're not going to do it again. Amen? You might have taken ground this time, but I'm getting it back. I might get it back an inch at a time, but I'm going to get it back. Amen? Pursue with hostile intent. What are we going to do, church? Are we going to wallow in the ashes? Are we going to accept this life that has kicked our butts? Are we going to stand up? We're going to go to God and we're going to say, God, what do you want me to do? And then when he answers, we're going to say, okay, God, I'm going to do it. And then we do it, and then we recover. Oh, I want to recover all of them. I want to recover all of them. I've got decades, a decade and a half of youth ministry. There's decades of children's ministry in this church. There's countless lives that have come through this house that we've impacted, that we've, we've trained them up in the way they should go. And when they got old, they've departed a little bit, but they're going to come back. Amen? They're going to come back. Because we're going to go after them. Because we're going to pursue our enemy. And I'm going to hit him as hard as I can hit him. He's going to try to take our pastor out. Okay. We're coming after you for that one. Amen. You with me? He's going to try to take out our leaders. He's going to try to do something adverse to us. That's fine, devil. But understand, every every one you do, we're going to fire it right back. I'm I'm... I'm lit up today. I'm angry today. Righteous anger. Righteous indignation. Because I'm tired of the devil taking from us. I'm tired of the devil taking from us. And us being too afraid of him to do anything about it. Is he powerful? Is he an adversary? Sure. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Jesus said, all power, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. And he said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I think that's Luke 10, 19. Nothing is going to land that fatal blow on you if you pursue. Stand with me this morning. Do you receive this word? I appreciate the hand clap. I'm not looking for that necessarily. I appreciate it, though. What I'm looking for is whether or not we're going to walk out with it. Are we going to walk out with this? Are we going to say within ourselves, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then are we going to do it? So many families this morning have already been impacted from this baptism. How many families were represented? Isn't that awesome? It's amazing what God is doing in families. We're so grateful in in new marriages, in young men, and God's doing something. That's not the last of it. And we've all got people, we've all got people we're connected to that we want to see in that tub just as bad. That we want to see in these altars just as bad, don't we? 
Oh, you've got their faces before you right now, don't you? You can see it. Look at what God's done. Look at the deliverance he's brought, the families that he's restoring. Oh, church, if anybody knows we can recover all, it's us. We can recover all. Can we make a declaration today within ourselves to God, to the enemy? Can we say, it's time to pursue. It's time to run after with hostile intent. You want to take my youth group kids? Okay, but we're coming after them. You, you, you snuck attack? All right, that's fine. Just know, every time, every blow you land, we're going to return it. You hear us, devil? Every blow you land, we're going to return it. And our lion's greater than your lion. Our king's greater than yours. Amen? What is in us is stronger than anything that's come against us. Let's lift our hands this morning, and let's just do some fighting. Let's fight. God, we call them home. God, we call them home. We speak out into the air of Winchester, into our homes, God, and we decree the freedom and the liberty of the living God. We speak for restoration and wholeness in Jesus' name. We speak for deliverance from demons in Jesus' name. We speak for freedom to come to those who have known nothing else. God, we ask you. God, tell us what to do, how to do it, where to go, who to go after. And God, we will go. We will go. Here we are, Lord. Send us. Send us. God, we claim our kids right now in the name of Jesus. They will be saved. They will be filled with the Holy Ghost. They will live in their calling and their anointing. They will stand everywhere that you've ordained for their feet to stand. God, we claim our generations to do the same in Jesus' mighty name. God, we speak deliverance and wholeness over our city. We ask you, Lord, to undo corruption. We ask you, Lord, to make a way for people that are buried and overwhelmed. And God, we say, we declare today that we will pursue. We will pursue with hostile intent every attack of the enemy. And we will recover. We will recover. We'll see it with our eyes. We'll put our arms around their necks. We'll see them made free and whole. We're going to see it this side of the kingdom. This side of the kingdom in Jesus' name. Do you believe that? In Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the strategy. Thank you, Lord, for the way. You are able. You are able. What a good God. Walk out in power today. Walk out in determination today. Don't go back to the ashes and wallow. Walk out. Get in the corner and ask God what you ought to do. And see if He will not answer. See if He will not make a way. Hallelujah. Pastor Mike, take it. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.